Um, so we're going to get into John 5, um, 1, and I just got to actually, most of my talk is going to be another video, so you guys just have to watch a lot of videos tonight, because it's, um, I'm pretty tired from camp too anyway, so <laughs> we got a cool video basically kind of unpacking this um, chapter, and it's really cool actually to see um, how they acted out really well, and, um, but before we do that, I just got some, it got some funny things to kind of get us excited about this passage, um, so do you guys believe in like superstitions, like superstitious stuff? You, get, you guys know what I mean? Like superstitions that are basically not really proven to be true, but people just have these really weird ideas that things ha- like this are true. Now, I just print out a whole list of them. I just wanted to share just a couple of them. Um, this is weird. Seeing an ambulance is very lucky unless you pinch your nose and hold your breath until you see a black or brown dog. If a bee enters your home, it's a sign that you, that you will soon have a visitor. If you kill the bee, you will soon have bad luck. Or the visitor will be unpleasant. Awesome. Next time you see a bee in your house. Uh, what else is in here? Um, if you blow out all the birthday candles in your cake with one puff, you will get your wish. You guys heard that one before? Little um, thing. If a black cat walks towards you, it brings good fortune. But if it walks away, it takes with it bad luck. You guys heard that before? Or about this one? Um, it's good luck to find a four-leaf clover. You guys heard that one before? I've actually found a four-leaf clover. I don't have any good luck. Um, to cure a cough, this is awesome. Take a hair from the coughing person's head, put it between two slices of buttered bread, feed it to a dog, and say, Eat well, you hound. May you be sick and I be sound. That's ridiculous. I can't believe that's even a legend at all. Um, cows lifting their tails is a sure sign that it's going to rain. Pee. <laughs> it's going to rain, all right. Maybe not the kind of rain you think. Um, this is awesome. Pictures of an elephant bring good luck, but only if they're face, facing the door. Uh, fingernails. This is ridiculous. It is bad luck to cut your fingernails on Friday or Sunday. Remember that, all you fingernail cutters. And biters. Um, to drop a fork means a man is coming to visit. I don't know who the man is, but the man's coming to visit you if you drop a fork. Um, a bed changed on Friday will mean bad dreams. Don't change a bed on Friday, apparently. Um, gosh, what else is in here? This is just this is so much funny stuff in here. I, have, I wish I could go through all of them. It's bad luck to walk under ladder. You guys heard that before? This is great for all you um, single ladies. If a young girl catches a ladybug and then releases it, the direction at which flies will be the direction from which her future husband will come. <laughs> superstitions, superstitions. So there's a lot of interesting superstitions out there. And um, one of them we're actually going to hear about today, which is this, um, this funny thing about a pool. And apparently... Um, in, in, in Jerusalem at the time, or around Jerusalem, there, there was a shrine that was um, what's called the Pool of Bathsheba, which be, literally means the Pool of Healing. And it's surrounded by these kind of Greek pagan gods. And what happens, the, the superstition is if the water is moving, like a jacuzzi, you hop in the water and then you get healed. So if you pretty, pretty much soon you have all these lame people walking and sitting and hanging out all day long in front of this pool. I have a nice picture of it here. This is a picture of what it would have looked like. Um, so there's two big pools, and basically had heaps of beggars, lame people, blind people, um, paralyzed, crippled, etc., hanging out this pool, waiting for the water to move. 
and then they would get in the pool. Look, if they can't walk, they have to actually get someone to pick them up and put them in the pool. Um, and then legend has it, the pagan god of healing comes upon you, and you get healed. I don't know how many people actually get healed, get into a jacuzzi, but that's all right. So maybe just having this, if it's hot enough, you might get some sore muscles and lax out. I don't know. But this is, this, you know, superstitions, it's, it's all throughout our world. It's all throughout, you know, people believing stuff. And um, Jesus basically comes to kind of slap the superstition upside the face and basically decides to heal people without any kind of um, really good um, superstitious um, code book. Um, but this takes place on what the Bible calls the Sabbath. Now, who's heard of the Sabbath before? Now, the Sabbath was actually a, a command given by God to us, and it was um, because God worked for six days to create the world, and on the seventh day, he rested, or he stopped you know, working. He basically let it kind of play out, and he was still in command of it, but he rested, it said. Um, and so the Jews said, well, we were supposed to rest on the, on the seventh day, which is the Sabbath, which is a Saturday for them. And so they didn't work on the Sabbath, but however, they created all these other rules on top of it to help them not break it because they were so afraid of working on the Sabbath. So they do these funny things like um, they were never allowed to cook on the Sabbath because that's working, of course. Um, my wife would say it's working, so I cook when she doesn't want to work day. Um, so it just t- tastes horrible. So, um, so they would cook on Fridays before Saturdays. Um, they were, they were just weird. You weren't allowed to open some doors. So if you had to like unlock the door and like kick it open so you don't have to actually open up a door because opening up a door, as we all know, is serious work. Um, you were not allowed to touch your tools if you used them. So Tim here is a mechanic. If he touched a, um, a ratchet or something of any sort, just touched it, he'd be breaking the Sabbath rule because that's a work tool and you're not supposed to work or even touch tools. Now, now another thing was you're not allowed to carry anything to anywhere. So this is, this, is, this is a ridiculous Sabbath rule, but the, the Jews decided that you're not allowed to carry anything anywhere. So um, you'll see later on in a bit from this video how a blind, or a, rather a man gets healed and is picking up his bedroll and he's carrying it. And the Jews are freaking out because he's carrying a bedroll. So that's a bit of context behind this video. And it's a little bit of a long video, but you should, should enjoy it. It's pretty entertaining and um, it will kind of share the story and then we'll just kind of unpack it really quickly um, as we head out. Near the Sheep Gate in Jerusalem, there is a pool with five porches. In Hebrew, it is called Besatha. A large crowd of sick people were lying on the porches. The blind, the lame, and the paralyzed. A man was there who had been sick for 38 years. Jesus saw him lying there, and he knew that the man had been sick for such a long time. Do you want to get well? Sir, I don't have anyone here to put me in the pool when the water is stirred up. While I'm trying to get in, somebody else gets there first. Get up. Pick up your mat and walk.
Immediately, the man got well. picked up his mat and started walking. The day this happened was a Sabbath, so the Jewish authorities told the man who had been healed this is a Sabbath, and it is against our law for you to carry your mat. The man who made me well told me to pick up my mat and walk. Who is the man who told you to do this? But the man who had been healed did not know who Jesus was, for there was a crowd in that place, and Jesus had slipped away. Afterwards, Jesus found him in the temple. You're well now. So stop sinning, or something worse may happen to you. Then the man left and told the Jewish authorities that it was Jesus who had healed him. So they began to persecute Jesus because he had done this healing on a Sabbath. Jesus answered them, My father is always working. And I too must work. This saying made the Jewish authorities all the more determined to kill him. Not only had he broken the Sabbath law, but he had said that God was his own father, and in this way had made himself equal with God. So Jesus answered them, I tell you the truth. The son can do nothing on his own. He does only what he sees his father doing. What the father does, the son also does. For the father loves the son and shows him all that he himself is doing. He will show him even greater things to do than this, and you will all be amazed. Just as the father raises the dead and gives them life, in the same way the son gives life to those he wants to, nor does the father himself judge anyone. He has given his son the full right to judge, so that all will honor the son in the same way as they honor the father. Whoever does not honor the son does not honor the father who sent him. I am telling you the truth. Those who hear my words and believe in him who sent me have eternal life. They will not be judged, but have already passed from death to life. I am telling you the truth. The time is coming. The time has already come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God, and those who hear it will come to life, just as the Father is himself the source of life, in the same way he has made his Son to be the source of life. And he has given the Son the right to judge because he is the Son of Man. Do not be surprised at this. The time is coming when all the dead will hear his voice and come out of their graves. Those who have done good will rise and live, and those who have done evil will rise and be condemned.
I can do nothing on my own authority. I judge only as God tells me, so my judgment is right. Because I am not trying to do what I want, but only what he who sent me wants. If I testify on my own behalf, what I say is not to be accepted as real proof. But there is someone else who testifies on my behalf. And I know that what he says about me is true. John is the one to whom you sent your messengers. And he spoke on behalf of the truth. It is not that I must have a human witness. I say this only in order that you may be saved. John was like a lamp, burning and shining. And you were willing for a while to enjoy his light. But I have a witness on my behalf, which is even greater than the witness that John gave. What I do, that is the deeds my father gave me to do. These speak on my behalf and show that the father has sent me. And the father who sent me also testifies on my behalf. You have never heard his voice or seen his face. And you do not keep his message in your hearts, for you do not believe in the one whom he sent. You study the scriptures because you think that in them you will find eternal life. And these very scriptures speak about me. Yet you are not willing to come to me in order to have life. I am not looking for human praise. But I know what kind of people you are. And I know that you have no love for God in your hearts. I have come with my father's authority, but you have not received me. When, however, someone comes with his own authority, you will receive him. You like to receive praise from one another, but you do not try to win praise from the one who alone is God. How then can you believe me? Do not think, however, that I am the one who will accuse you to my father. Moses, in whom you have put your hope, is the very one who will accuse you. If you had really believed Moses, you would have believed me, because he wrote about me. But since you do not believe what he wrote, how can you believe what I say? A very um, powerful piece of scripture. In fact, that movie clip is pretty much taken directly from the... Uh, I think it's the Good News translation, so um, it's pretty accurate to Scripture, indeed, what Jesus is saying. However, the tone is not exactly um, um, exact what Jesus is actually saying or not, so who knows actually if he's yelling or if he's speaking or if he's whispering or how many people are there. However, I think it's pretty good interpretation, but the interesting part is we, we see in the very beginning is he's at the pool, he's at this very kind of weird pagan god temple hanging out of healing, and the first question I ask myself is, what in the world is Jesus doing there? You know, like, he, it's, a, it's a place where kind of pagan worship is happening. People are getting healed out of superstition. And why is Jesus, of all places and all people, hanging out there? It's not like he's got a broken foot that he can't heal. or But why, why is he there? And that's the first question I ask. And, and, and I realize that he, Jesus was trying to find the people who are broken. He's trying to find people who need help. And so he has compassion for broken people. So he goes out and searches for people who are broken and gives them compassion. And this guy, he was, um, he said, broken and lame and, and crippled for at least 38 years or, or more. And Jesus, some foreknowledge, knows that he's been the least um, difficult for that long. And um, so everyone would have known him. 
every person around and would have said, oh, there's, you know, there's Billy again. He's still here. How's it going? Be in the water yet? You know, he, everyone would have knew who he was. And so all of a sudden he is getting up and walking. So people are kind of like, whoa, 38 years and all of a sudden you're walking? Like, that's unusual for any, any standard. And so the Jews see him. And what's the first thing they do? Oh, congratulations, you can walk. I'm so excited. No, instead they're like, what are you carrying a mat for? <laughs> Let alone he's walking. But he's like, what are you walking with a mat for? And he's like, uh, I don't know. The guy who healed me, made me walk, told me to do it. So I'm just going to, you know, I'm going to walk and carry it. You know, I'm not going to care what you say. And so it's, it's very interesting that the Jews just didn't get it. They, they were so focused on their rules, so focused on doing the right thing, so focused on not breaking any laws that they just missed Jesus completely. They missed the whole point of celebrating someone who has been healed and, and what Jesus was about to do and his compassion for people. And, and ultimately, this, this gives a really good illustration that Jesus has compassion on broken people. And if you are a follower of Jesus... Um, th- this is pretty much what Jesus did. He had compassion on broken people, and he, people who follow him should follow his example to also have that kind of same compassion and going out into the world and having that kind of compassion on broken people. And that's, and that's, that's several things. I mean, that's just telling people about Jesus, just telling them so they can hear. Um, that's inviting them to hear about Jesus while coming here or another church or another camp. Um, and that's also introducing them we can't make people believe, but we can actually introduce someone to hear about Jesus. Because once you hear, this says those who hear and believe um, Jesus will have life. And um, just, just listen here as, as Jesus makes these statements. These are a couple statements that he makes here. He says, I am telling you the truth. So we talked about this. Every time he says, I'm telling you the truth. He's about to make some profound statement. Those who hear my words and believe in him who sent me have eternal life. They will not be judged, but already passed from death to life. So he, he is saying, if you hear me, the first step is hearing. You need to be in a place where you can hear Jesus. This is, this is Jesus speaking. You, you have to hear what he's saying. And if you believe him, if you've done that, you've already come from death to life. So all of us, if you are a Christian... You were at one stage spiritually dead. And as dead people, as we all know, don't do anything, right? <laughs> they can't really do a whole lot when they're dead. So physically, if that, that person who is dead hears and then believes, they have life. And that all of our sins, all of that person's sins have been wiped away and washed away. In fact, all those sins were hung on the cross with Jesus as he died. He makes another profound statement. I'm telling you the truth. A time is coming. The time has already come when the dead will hear the voice of the Son of God and those who hear it, there's a word again, will come to life. So he's saying all those people, sorry, rather, the time is coming and actually is now. So that's me. I'm telling you right now what you're about to hear is from um, the Old Testament being fulfilled. When the dead hear his voice. So that's people who are spiritually dead in their sins, when they hear and believe, they become spiritually alive. Now, if you are a Christian, when you weren't a Christian, like I wasn't, if I would have, say, died a physical death, my body, my spirit rather, 
would have been still dead and it wouldn't have gone anywhere. It just would have been dead. It would have gone to where dead things go, the ground. Now, since being a Christian, I've got this confidence in, in Christ and knowing that if I were to die a physical death now, my spirit has been made alive and it will go to where things are full of life, which is the beginning of the source, as we talked about this weekend, the source of all life is Jesus. That Jesus is the source of life and I go to be with him because that's where my soul is. My soul is full of life. And end with this, if you are broken... If you're sitting here now, and, and, and I know there's at least a couple people out here who are just feeling broken, that this scripture helps us understand that Jesus has compassion for you, that he's searching for you. He wants to go out and heal you if you listen to him and believe in his words that he will actually heal you. He first wants you to confess that you're broken because a person who doesn't think that they're crippled, doesn't think they're lame, is not going to be like, well, I'm not going to... I'm not going to listen to you. I'm not sick. Get away from me, you crazy person. But if you actually come to him saying, yes, I am broken. I need help. I need healing. Then he does come and heal you if you search that. So in order to be made alive again, you must first do one thing. You must hear. And you guys are probably asking me, why is he teaching again? I'm tired. I want to go to bed. I want to play some more games. I'm teaching and I'm preaching again because I don't ever want to miss an opportunity for you guys to hear Jesus, to hear from his words. Because it's the most important thing about life. Otherwise, what's the, po- what's the point of life if we don't have a life with him? And faith only comes from hearing and hearing from the word of God. This is Romans 10. First you need to hear and then you need to believe. Because lots of people can just hear stuff, but then you need to actually believe it. Believe that he is the source and that you will have life from him. So if you are a Christian, if you are in this room a Christian, if you became even a Christian over the weekend, which I know a couple of you guys have, um, I just invite you today to go and be like Jesus in going out in compassion, looking for broken people, looking for people who need to hear and let them hear. Let them hear about Jesus or, or invite them to a place where they can hear. That, I mean, that, that's why we have this youth group. Invite them to come hear about Jesus. Because I promise you, I'm going te- I'm I'm to teach every week about Jesus and they're going to hear. And that's going to invite them to the opportunity to believe. And if you are um, thinking of how do I do that, you can, you can invite them to a camp like we just had. You can, you can invite them to our dodgeball kind of thing to get in, in connected into our group. You can invite them to a field group night we have together. And if you are not a Christian... I want to also invite you to believe that he is here for you and he has compassion for you and he wants to heal you and give you life. If you hear and believe in Jesus' words, you will have life. That's all I got for you guys tonight. I'm just going to pray for you guys and then we're just going to have the rest of the kind of evening hanging out together um, just reconnecting after a long weekend of camp and have a few more weeks left, few more weeks left of school. Um, and so just, just think about that as you kind of go back into your schools, thinking who needs to hear about Jesus? Who, who is broken that I can go and be compassionate to? And what can I do to tell this person about Jesus? So let's just pray. God, we give you thanks for your word and that um, we would listen when you speak and that we would believe when we hear you, God. May... Um, may 
your words always be on our mind as we go to um, people who don't know you, that we can be able to tell them about you and also invite them to a place where they can hear and believe um, the, your words. Thank you for just opportunity just to, to hang out tonight again and just um, some, play some games, eat some food, and hear from your word. And we give you thanks for the, the life that you've given all of us and, and for the life that we have in you when we accept and believe in your sacrifice for our sins. We give you thanks in your son's name we pray. Amen.